If you have your Bibles with you, you can go ahead and make your way to two passages of Scripture. And I want you to look in Matthew chapter 7, and then after you find that, you can put a bookmark in it and turn to James chapter 1. And while you're finding your way there, I just want to take a minute and say thank you to all of our young communicators. Last week, you guys were incredible. You were amazing. I was watching online last week, and I was just so encouraged and so impressed and so proud of each and every one of you for sharing your story and carrying God's word and delivering it so well. And you know what I loved about it, really, is the fact that you got to see a glimpse into just some of the people that are in our church. Like, you have no idea the quality and depth of the people that are sitting next to you in this room. And we probably could have handed the mic to a number of different people in here, but we wanted to give some of our young leaders a shot. And I'm just so encouraged by what all of you shared. And this is why we want you to be a part of what's going on here, because we want you to be part of a team to get to know some of these incredible people. We want you to be part of a group to get to know some of these incredible people. And so I hope you were encouraged by that. I also just want to say thank you to our serve teams yesterday, everybody who served yesterday during serve day. Josh shared a little bit about that, but... You know, we had over 130 people and a number of different projects going on, and it was just so, so encouraging to me. I was so proud and so grateful to see all of you making a difference, loving our city, serving our city. You know, we believe that we're called to serve our city, and if we serve our city, God will change our city, and that's what you got to do. So thank you for doing that, and I also want to welcome all of you who are joining us for the first time today. This is such a great time to be joining in. Yeah. If I haven't met you yet... I'm Pastor Justin, I'm the lead pastor here, and it's just such a privilege that you would choose to spend your Sunday with us. I know there's a lot of places you could be and things that you could be doing, but you decided to be here today. I believe that God is going to speak to you, that your life is going to be changed before you walk out that door. This is such an incredible time to be coming to church, because not only are we beginning a brand new series of messages, but you know, one of the things when you walk into a new place, you're always wondering, is there anybody else like me? And there are a number of people that are checking us out for the first time. And so just know that if you're new here, there's a number of other people that are new here as well. And it's a great time to join in because you're going to meet people in the same stage, age, season of life as you are. And wherever you're at in your walk with God, we're here to help you move forward in your walk with God. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing today as we talk about this subject from our song, the Man in the Mirror. Now, I just want to remind you, that is a song that you chose, okay? I didn't choose that song. You voted on it, so if you didn't like it, you better vote for the next week because this is kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure sermon series where you get to choose the songs, and uh, I'm going to preach a message. But we're not preaching from a song. We're preaching from the Word of God. So I hope you found James 1 and Matthew 7 because if you didn't by now, there's no hope for you. There is hope in Jesus Christ, but we're going to go on whether you found it or not. So if you didn't find it, we'll put the words on the screen so we can all follow along together. James chapter 1 is where I'm starting. Verse 22, James says from the Phillips translation, Don't, I beg you, only hear the word, but put it into practice. Otherwise, you are merely diluting yourselves. Not diluting, that's the water down. This is diluting. This is to trick yourself, to mock yourself. This is literally means you are playing yourself if you just listen and don't put it into practice. The man who simply hears and does nothing about it 
It's like a man catching the reflection of his own face in a mirror. He sees himself, it's true, but he goes on with whatever he was doing without the slightest recollection of what sort of person he saw in the mirror. But the man who looks into the perfect mirror of God's law, the law of liberty, and makes a habit of it, is not the man who sees and forgets. No, this guy, he puts that law into practice, and he will be blessed in what he does. We are talking about mirrors today. How many of you looked in the mirror before you came to church? Don't worry, if you didn't, we can tell. <laughs> I've got a number of people in my family that spend a very long time looking in front of a mirror. I don't want to tell you who they are. You just have to leave that to your imagination. But it's Pippa, one of them. It's a close tie, her and Oliver, um, looking in the mirror. And uh, you know what I've noticed about looking at mirrors is, like, looking in a mirror doesn't actually make you any prettier. Um, doesn't make you any more toned. Does anybody flex in front of the mirror? Be bold. Just admit it. If you're not, your spouse is going to tell I do. I still do. I do it before I get up and preach. Are you kidding me? Just got to psych myself up, kind of encourage myself, encourage myself in the Lord and in the mirror. And, uh, but, you know, mirrors, they, they don't actually make you look better. They only show you what's there. I'm, I'm curious, though, uh, how many of you are confident in the way you look? Just raise your hand. Be bold and you're confident in the way you look. See, now, we're either judging the people that raised their hand or we're not raising our hand because we're in fear of judgment right now. She's confident in the way you look. Can I see your hands again? You're confident. Are you confident enough to just come on down here on the stage, let us examine you in front of everybody? Let you know how it feels to have the mic in your hand. Uh, you know, mirrors, mirrors really, they, they're all about answering this question, how do I look? How, how, how do you look? Um, it's funny because... Let me just see that one more time. Anybody confident want to come on platform? Be confident in the way you look? Are you sure about this? Nobody's raising their hand now. <laughs> you know, there's a fine line between confidence and no shame. I, uh, you want to talk about somebody who's confident in the way they look, just look at my kids. I was talking to you about Pippa. She, um, she'll spend some time in the mirror. She'll put some makeup on. Not like real makeup, like play makeup that her mom bought her because I guess we have to encourage this kind of behavior. And... Um, <laughs> Like, by the time she comes out, she looks like the 80s version of Madonna. I am not. <laughs> Clothes and everything. It's a little scary. And uh, confident. No shame, though. Because, you know, sometimes it's not so much what my kids wear. It's like when, I, when they were growing up, it's what they didn't wear. When, when they were growing up, I wasn't sure if I was raising kids or running a nudist colony, really. <laughs> they were um, running around. Now that they actually put on clothes, um, sometimes I'm wondering, did you even look in a mirror? In fact, I make my kids walk 10 feet in front of me just so people don't think I'm associated with them. Um, but did you look in the mirror? Are you confident in the way you look? That's, that's the question that mirrors answer for us. How do you look? And that question of how you look, the same question that our song is asking, the same question that I want to ask you today, how do you look? I'm not talking, though, about what do you look like or what your appearance is, I want to ask you, what are you focusing on? A really better question, where is your focus? How, how do you look? 
It's an important question because there are so many things in your life that are outside of your control. There are so many things in your life that are beyond your control, but there is one thing in your life that you can always control, and that's your focus. What you choose to focus on or how you look. And see, what I've come to realize is that most of us, we're talking about mirrors today, most of us don't really look in a mirror. The way we look, how we look, most of us look in a magnifying glass. Now, magnifying glass is not bad. Like, this is just a tool. It's a helpful tool sometimes. I mean, magnifying glass, it brings things to your attention. Magnifying glass can help you notice things that weren't there before. Magnifying glass, it has value. You even think about this song, you kind of see it. This guy is, he's walking, he begins to notice some things. He begins to see some things that bother him. He begins to see some problems and he thinks, these are some things that I wanna change. That's how it is when we're looking through the magnifying glass. We begin to see things we didn't see before and sometimes there's some things that we wanna change once we begin to notice them. How many of you have some things that you wanna change, right? How, how many of you have some people that you wanna change? Don't point at them. I said, how many of you have some things you wanna change? You pointed at your husband. That was really rude. I've got some people that I would like to change. Um, I made a list, actually, of the kind of people that I would like to change. I wonder if you can relate to any of these people. Um, I'll just read it to you. Pe people who approach life with a high sense of entitlement but have a very low sense of gratitude. I'd like to change those people. People who make withdrawals but don't make deposits. It's also known as my kids. People who demand their rights but forsake their responsibilities. People who don't follow through on their commitments. People who think that their priority should be your priority. People who do more talking than they do listening. I do not want to ask these people how they're doing. People who overlook their own issues but always point out the faults of others. People who freak out when they're faced with the slightest inconvenience. People who brag about their accomplishments but are slow to acknowledge their failures, people who complain about their situation, even though there's lots of people who would love to trade places with them. Have you ever met these people? How many of you would like to change some of these people? Yeah, I'm glad you agree with me. Because, see, as I was reading my list, what I realized is that this isn't so much a list of people that annoy me as much as it is a self-assessment. You see, lots of times the, the issue that bothers me in other people is actually an indication of a bigger problem within me. Lots of times my frustration is actually an indication. And this is where I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 7. You still got Matthew chapter 7 bookmark? Because in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is giving one of his most famous sermons. You've maybe heard of it. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he's talking about this same issue. He's talking about the way we look. And he brings this up. He says, a lot of you, you're looking at your problems and you're looking at the people in your life and you're looking at the situations in your life with a magnifying glass instead of a mirror. Let me read it to you. It's in Matthew 7. We're going to start in, I think it's verse 2, verse 3. He says, 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when the whole time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, this is interesting to me because I don't know much about carpentry. So um, I, I want to illustrate this for you the best way I know how because I was, uh, Jesus says you can either look at the plank or you can look, you can bring that out for me, please. Look at the speck or you can look at the plank. And like I said, I don't know much about carpentry, but I was, um, I was walking in our building yesterday and that was one of the places where we had a serve day project. Give it up for our serve teams one more time. They were uh, just so impressed by all of our serve teams, all that they're doing. And what I noticed is when I was walking in there, there was all these pieces of lumber. I think that's what this is called. And uh, they had been cutting. Uh, they were putting together uh, some acoustic panels for our new auditorium and putting that together. And there, there were all these pieces of lumber that were laying here. And then I noticed that right next to the lumber was this other stuff. And the reason this is interesting to me is because this speck is made from the same stuff that this plank is made from. You know what that tells me? Is that lots of times when I see something in you that bothers me, it's an indication of a bigger issue that's inside of me. Now, I, I need to illustrate this for you. Confident people. Mason, are you somebody who was confident in the way they look? Can you just come up here? I feel like you must be confident because you have to be confident to wear shorts that short. So I need to point this out to you because a lot of people, you don't realize why you're so frustrated, and I need you to be able to see this. So this is the, the speck, and it's just one of them. Can you guys see that? can't see it. But in order for me to see the speck, what do I have to be? I've got to be close. And a lot of the stuff that's bothering you about the people in your life or the situations that are in your life is because you're so close to the situation. This is why a lot of us don't want to get close. It's why a lot of us fear people knowing us because we fear intimacy because I don't want you to see into me. And if I get too close, then you're going to know the real me. You're going to know the real issues. Can you give it up for Mason? It's Mason. You were a good model. It's the stuff in our life. We don't want to get too close because I don't want you to see the real issue. Now, I need to talk a little bit about this because this, it's not really a relationship message, but let me just talk a little bit about relationships for a minute. Because, again, this is not bad in and of itself. Magnifying glasses, they're helpful. They're okay. It's funny how we use this stuff, really. Like, early on in a relationship, when you are dating somebody, when you're getting to know, like, you will magnify all the strangest things about somebody. Like, you will look at somebody, be like, oh, man, they are, I love him so much. He's so fun. He's so awesome. And you'll look at her and magnify. She's like, oh, she's so chill. She's just laid back. I love that about her. 
And what you don't realize is that fun is code for crazy. And chill is code for lazy. But when you're starting out in your relationship, like you will magnify all these things about somebody. And then the moment you get close, you take that for granted and you start magnifying these other things. It's amazing what you magnify in the beginning of a relationship that you take for granted once you get into the relationship and get close. And here's, I guess, what I'm trying to tell you is that you get to choose what you magnify. And what you magnify, you get more of. So whatever the situation is, the person, the relationship, are you magnifying what's missing? Are you magnifying the blessing? Are you magnifying what they said in an argument? Are you magnifying what they've demonstrated with their actions? Are you magnifying your feelings in a moment? Are you magnifying their faithfulness in good times and bad times? Because what you magnify, you get more of. And you get to choose what you magnify. You can forget a thousand nice things that somebody said. All because you want to magnify one text message. One moment. It's not just in our relationships, though. We use magnifying glasses all the time. We use it in our job. We use it at school. We use it in our politics. We use it in our circumstances. Some of us, some of us even use it at church. Not this church. Nobody, nobody ever uses a magnifying glass at this church. Ever. You know what? I'll just say this. If you want to magnify something, if you're looking for something, just come hang out with me. We'll compare notes, all right, about the stuff that's wrong. If you're looking for something that's wrong, let me tell you something. You will find it. Because in the same passage that Jesus is talking about this, the same Sermon on the Mount, he says, seek and you will find. In other words, you're going to find whatever it is that you are looking for. So we magnify these different things. And I guess what I'm trying to help you see is that when I'm focused on what's wrong with you to the neglect of what's wrong with me, I'm a hypocrite. That's what Jesus says. Hypocrite. First, you got to take this plank out of your eye. You're focused on the speck. But you got a plank in your eye. And I've noticed in my years of ministry that it's often the people that are hypercritical are also hypocritical. People that are always finding something wrong, focusing on an issue. It's a way of hiding the area that I don't want you to see. When I can point to the thing that's bothering me, when I can point to the frustration, it makes it hard to see the area where I've got a plank. So what do we do? Well, we've got to put this down. and We've got to pick this up. That's what Jesus is saying. We need to realize that often the thing that I'm looking to fix in you or the thing I'm looking to fix in this situation or the thing I'm looking to fix 
And this area is an indication of something that God actually wants to fix within me. Sometimes you just got to pick up the mirror and say, okay, God, what is it that you're wanting me to see? What is it that you're wanting to remove from my life? What's the bigger issue here? What's the thing that you're trying to deal with? Why is this bothering me so much? What is the thing that you want to heal? Because I've, I've tried fixing them. I've tried fixing that situation. I, I've tried fixing that issue. And it's not changing. I'm still frustrated about it. I'm still angry about it. I'm still irritated at it. So there must be something in me, God. What is it that you want to fix in me? You know, the truth is you can't even help the people that you love if you're infected with the same issue. You got to get healing in your own heart first. You, you've got to get healing in your soul first. You've got to humble yourself a little bit and realize that there's something that God wants to deal with because that thing that you call an issue, Jesus calls sin. It's what nailed him to the cross. That's why James says, he calls the word of God a perfect mirror. A perfect mirror. You know, this mirror, it's, it's all right. It's a little small. It's double-sided, so you can see some areas, some issues. It's not a full-length mirror. But James calls the word of God a perfect mirror. In other words, it shows you who you really are. See, a lot of us, we, we walk around with distorted images of ourselves. I remember early on when Marissa and I were married, we had this mirror on the back of our door in our bedroom. I don't know if we bought it. I don't know if it was there when we moved in, but it was something wrong with this mirror. And uh, I think there's still something wrong with my mirrors because when I look in the mirror now, my hair is gray. It's supposed to be black. But there's something wrong with this mirror. And whenever you look in the mirror, it was not like quite a funhouse mirror, but it was warped enough to where you looked a little bit wider. So what would happen is like I would look in the mirror and I'd be like, man, I look awesome. Like I don't, I'm not working out, but whatever I'm doing is working. I just need to keep it up because I'm looking thick. But Marissa would look in the mirror. She's like, I do not like this mirror. There's something wrong with this mirror. Do I look this? No. She was walking around thinking she looked worse than she actually did. I was walking around thinking I looked better than I actually did. And a lot of us are doing the same thing. We are walking around with distorted images of ourselves. That's why James says you need to look into the perfect mirror. You need to look in God's law. Now, remember, just because you look in a mirror, it doesn't make you any prettier. Just because you look in a mirror doesn't make you any more tone. It doesn't matter if you're flexing or not. Looking in a mirror is not going to change you. And I want to say something. It's going to sound controversial, but it's true. The word of God will not change you. Nobody's left the church yet. That's great. The word of God will not change you. 
not by itself, has the power to change you. But what changes you is when you act on the word of God. When you obey God's word. When you put it into practice. Let me tell you something, just take one step further. Listening to a sermon, even this sermon, as good as it is, and I know it's up there, it's not going to make you more like Christ. You can listen to sermons all day long. But it's when you apply God's principles that are discussed in the sermon, that's what's going to change you. It's what's going to transform your life. And so we got to act on this. I was thinking about the way mirrors work. It's kind of interesting because, like, the whole purpose of a mirror is to take something in, take an image in, for the sole purpose of giving it back out, reflecting it. Have you thought about that? The, the sole purpose of a mirror is to take something in to give it back out. That's why the best thing you can do as a Christian is to find a way to contribute. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, and you're here, so can only assume that you do, you, you need to find a way to make a difference. You need to find a way to serve. You need to find a way to build God's kingdom. You need to find a way to give. You need to find a way to invest. You need to find a way to put it into practice, to give out. Now, at our church, what we do is we're going to resource you. We're going to help you. But I want you to take this stuff in so that you can give it out. And if you don't know where to start, the best place to start is essentials. Whether you've been walking with God for a long time or whether you are brand new to knowing Jesus, essentials is designed to help you move forward with God's purpose for your life. To help you understand what God wants from you and what he has for you. And you can do that right after church today. If you've done essentials, then you should be in a group. Be a part of a group. If you've been part of a group, maybe this next season when groups start up again, you want to lead a group. Some of the best things you can do if you want to grow in your relationship with God is to begin to find a way to contribute. If you're not giving, then trust God with your first and your best. We call that the tithe. And I recognize that some of you, even the idea of contributing seems backwards. Seems backwards because you're really well acquainted with the shortcomings in your life. You're well acquainted with the areas where you've got some gaps. You're, you're looking at your life and you're thinking of the blemishes and the stains and the things that are imperfect. For others of us, sometimes the, the reason that we fail to do that is because we think of all of the stuff that we have going on in our life. It's like, man, I don't know if I have the capacity to give anymore. And you know, that might be true for you too. Perhaps you need to cut some stuff from your life. Perhaps there is some stuff that you're doing that you need to stop doing. But if you're thinking about contributing seems backwards, can I just tell you that when you actually look in a mirror, you know what it does? It shows you the image in reverse. See, that's what happens when you look into God's word. When you look into God's word, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows how it turns out. He knows what he's put in you. He knows what you're capable of. 
He knows what he's called you to. He knows what your potential is. He knows the stuff that he's put in you for his purpose. So he's not just reflecting back who you are in the moment. He's reflecting back who he's called you to be. That's the power of looking in a mirror. And so the question is, if you've had it backwards, thinking you got to wait before you can contribute, just remember a mirror reflects in reverse. So the question is, what do you need to do today? Where's the place that you need to make a change? See, the great thing about God's word is that it doesn't just show you where you need to change. God gives you his Holy Spirit, and by the power of his Holy Spirit, he gives you the power to change. So you don't just have to do it in your own strength, your own ability. He shows you where to change, and he gives you the power to change. 